Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. I caught up with Alex Catalano from the Inner Sanctum earlier to talk with him about the latest in the AFLW, reviewing round two. And I pick up the chat with him here in regards to, well, it was a grim game for Frio, a team that we all know that I support in both the men's and the women's. Uh, they only managed to kick one behind against Geelong. And I don't think anyone at the, before the season would have predicted the fact that at the completion of round two, Geelong would be sitting on top of the ladder and Fremantle, a side that whilst predicted to maybe slide towards the bottom of the eight, would have been currently having one hand on the wooden spoon. Let's take you back to my chat with Alex now. I can't. I did say to you at the start of the season that I had them dropping out of the eight, but I didn't expect it to sort of be this dramatic early on uh, for the Dockers. Obviously, there's a lot of experience missing in that team, and we knew it was going to have a bit of an effect. Um, But similarly, at the other end of the table, I did say Geelong up in the top eight, and they're looking like a team that can play, you know, finals this year. Their team defence is just outstanding. It's the best in the league by a far, far margin. So much so their back line's so strong at the moment that Maddie Carrick, who was in the form of her career last season, can't even break in at the moment, which is amazing to me. Um, but when you look at the players that are stepping up, Claudia Gunjaka comes to mind, who's been playing exceptionally well as a key defender, had the job uh, this week. I think she was drifting onto Anya Tai when she was in the forward line, um, kept her relatively away from the footy. She didn't really have much of an impact. Um, none of the forwards really did. Uh, Roxy Rue, I thought, got the ball in her hands a couple times and laid some good tackles, but really struggled to, to get moving. And that was sort of the case of the the whole day for the Dockers. So it's going to be hard for them to bounce back from here, I think, Freo. And I do feel for you, Jen, especially if the, the Dockers don't advance past the semi-final. I think they're a chance to, but the way the doggies are flying in the AFLW as well, it might be another tough one on Friday night. A horror injury that occurred in the, the Bulldogs versus Port Adelaide game. A freak accident on the smother from Abby Dowrick, who you know I'm a big fan of. And unfortunately, Britt, uh, you know, yeah, lower leg is not supposed to bend in that direction. And I don't know whether I've seen a, a worse injury in, in live sport that I've actually been watching. It was, yeah, quite sickening. No, it was not great to watch, and I was hoping they wouldn't show a replay of it afterwards, and unfortunately they did. Um, but horrible scenes for Brit. The game was stopped for 45 minutes, I think, nearly in the end it was, and Lauren Arnell had a few uh, words to say about that after the game, and I think they did look a little bit rattled after that port. Kudos to the dogs for pulling it all together. Um, but, yeah, it's such an unfortunate incident. You never want to see any player go down like that. I guess the good news for her is that her surgery was successful. She'll obviously have to be rehabbing now for the rest of the year and hopefully she'll get to have a full preseason next season. But um, like I said, showed their maturity, the Bulldogs and Ellie Blackburn, Kirsty Lamb, they know how to lead this team. They really managed to bring them out after halftime and make a statement. But yeah, unfortunate for Port, unfortunate for Britt, but it seems like they're going to move on quite well from this, the Bulldogs. It, it takes a lot of mental strength, I think, to move past something like that uh, with one of your young players. Port Adelaide, Gemma Houghton has got a slice of history twice. She kicked Port Adelaide's first goal in the competition last week. 
and she kicked their first goal at home as well in front of the home crowd. So that's the smallest of highlights for Port Adelaide this year so far. Oh, definitely. And who else could it have been but Gemma? They already seem to love her at Alberton and they're very, very vocal from what I could hear through the TV, um, those Fort supporters. So I don't think they're going to be uh, stopping that anytime soon this year. Yeah, I thought she was good, Houghton, at times. A few of the leaders probably let them down a little bit in this game. There are a few silly decisions here and there. I think it was Ange Foley that gave away um, a 50-metre penalty when the Power was still probably in the game, but really that was the goal that sort of sealed it and sort of ended their day. So maybe just a little bit more discipline from them out there as well. Like I said, they were probably a little bit rattled after everything that happened before half time. But um, yeah, I think that's what they need to just work on a little bit going forward. Melbourne went two from two. They had a two-point win over North Melbourne. Richmond went down to the Adelaide Crows. Richmond uh, had probably been a little bit disappointing for me, a side I thought would... Um, be a higher scorer so far, haven't managed to do it. Essendon by, lost by one to Carlton, and that's one I'd like to talk about because Carlton, to me, were a side that I was a little bit worried about at the start of the season, and I know, sorry to bring up against your Essendon, but they showed me fight that makes me think, you know, there's a bit more backbone in this side than the the amount of players they lost. And, and of course, coming up against Essendon, that was always going to be a, a feisty little encounter. Yeah, I think they did really well to bounce back this week, the Blues. Um, Daniel Harford, after last week, said that he felt that they got caught a lot trapped on the inside and they couldn't get a lot of ball movement going, whereas this week I thought their uncontested game was really strong. They were dominating clearances for a large part of it before uh, the Bombers started fighting back in the, the final term. So they can definitely definitely be proud of how they uh, worked in this one. They were dominating the inside 50s too as well. It just sort of all... Um, fell apart a little bit in that last quarter for them. But those first three quarters, they can definitely hold their heads up high for that effort. Bree Moody, um, she had a hell of a game. She's well in line to be the Australian ruck this year. She gets robbed of it again. I'm not really sure what she's done to the selectors. Um, and Keely Skepper as well, I thought was probably a bit unlucky to not get the Rising Star nomination. She was fantastic um, in this game. But, yeah, they, they look... Not too bad, the Blues, honestly. I thought it was going to be a rough season for them, but I think, like you said, another team that maybe we underrated a little bit coming into this season. And they've got probably a few games that they'd be hoping to win coming up. Port Adelaide at home, uh, followed by Freo away. Uh, I think those are two games that, if they don't win, they can give another really good shake before they come against Melbourne, which I don't think anyone's beating Melbourne at the moment, as close as North came, as we said. Uh, so I don't think it's all doom and gloom for the Blues, especially if they can start strong after last year where they really struggled in their first five weeks. The good thing for Essendon is that they seem to be running out games really well, which has always been a little bit of a concern in any of the new teams when they come in is do they have that fitness and match fitness to get through the fourth quarter? And they seem to actually come home strongly. So that's a positive for Essendon. I think they'll cause... Plenty more headaches across the season, no doubt. Collingwood accounted for Sydney Swans really easily. It was 6-9-45 to 2-2-14. Uh, the Giants went down in the Q clash to Brisbane, 10-7-67 to 3-2-20. And St Kilda, 9-9-63 over Hawthorne, 1-4-10. Those two teams in Brisbane and St Kilda, the 10 goals and the 9 goals, seven behinds and nine behinds respectively, uh, look, that to me is real positive signs. I like to see the teams that are scoring heavily. Yeah, especially for the Saints. The Lions have had such a potent forward line for a couple of years now, but 
the Saints really surprised me to be the second highest scoring team um, of the competition after round two. So kudos to them. The forward line's working beautifully. Kate Sheila looks like she's on the best form of her career. Uh, the G train, she's running up and running very, very well again, which I think is just good for footy. Um, and Jess Matten as well. She's been really good with her ground level stuff and her tackling pressure. But as a as a marking target, I thought in this game she was really good too. So, um, yeah, their forward line's functioning well with St Kilda. But as you said, Hawthorne, probably a few worries there with running out games. Same thing for the Swans. Hopefully they can build a bit more fitness towards the back end of the year, those two teams, because they've got a lot of talent in there. They just sort of need to get it right. And to finish off the round, it was a disappointing West Coast. Gold Coast, too strong and too good. 7-5-47 to 2-2-14. I think for St Kilda, their big challenge to see just where they really sit. They've got Melbourne this week, so that'll see where they're at. And Brisbane, um, I called it the Q Clash before against GWS. I meant to say they've got the Q Clash coming this weekend against Gold Coast, so that should be a belter as well. Should be good games. I'll be covering St Kilda and Melbourne on Sunday too. Keen to see what the Saints can do because they gave the D's a really good shake last season. Uh, no reason why they can't do it again here. I think it should be a really, really good one. Well, it's going to be brilliant. Well, Alex, um, I think I, I better let it go, let it go with you there. And as I told you off air, um, my shifts are finishing up here pretty quickly on SEN on the overnight crowd. And just want to say thank you for being a big contributor across the time that I've been here. It's been great to get to know you and to chat footy with you. Thank you for having me, Jen, and all the best with wherever you head next. It's been a fantastic pleasure to be on the Overnight Crowd. Alex Catalano of the Inner Sanctum, another one of our regular contributors here on the Overnight Crowd, who I say thank you for the generosity of their time to be available to me whilst hosting this show. And I hope you stay in touch with those contributors across their website, of course, and hopefully across this SEN area as well, as I think they've become some good voices on their topics Uh, Speaking of voices, more time for your voices. And I've been taking your calls and your texts across the show on the Shell card, fueled by a century of knowledge, talk back line, 1300 736 736. And of course, you can SMS in on 0433 98 11 16. We're doing the winner and margin for Melbourne versus Brisbane. Talk soon. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.